Anne, how are you going? Pretty good, thanks. Tonight, we're, well, which ingredient are we going to be talking about? Well, I thought before we announced the ingredient, we, I'd start by playing a little game. So the game's called Herb or Spice. Uh-huh. Have you played it before? <laughs> I, I've not played Herb or Spice. Oh, that's weird. Everybody yeah. plays Herb or Spice. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say a word and then you have to say whether it's a herb or a spice. Okay. Herb or Spice, Basil. Herb. Herb or Spice, Cloves. Spice. Herb or Spice, Ginger. Spice. Yes. Herb or Spice, Thyme. Herb. Correct. Four out of four. Yes. Herb or Spice, Coriander. Both. Um, okay. <laughs> you seem to have ruined the game for everybody. <laughs> Well, can it be both? Because, it can be both. Because and that coriander, was the whole idea of the game. Okay. Coriander so, seeds. Correct. You know everything. <laughs> yeah. Ruin, ruin everything for everyone. I'm a okay. ruiner. I'm a big ruiner. Um, so it's both. Mm-hmm. The herb is the coriander seeds. And no, the herb is the leaves, yep. which in some countries is called cilantro, the leaves. Mm-hmm. And the spice is the coriander seeds, seeds. And the seeds are always called coriander, right? Well, you know, the, the plant call is called coriander, Yeah, but then just the leaves are sometimes called cilantro. Yeah. And that's because it's the like the Spanish name for it and because it's used in so much Mexican food in the States, they call it, more commonly they call it cilantro. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's one of the world's oldest herbs and it can be traced back to around 5000 BC. And um, it was actually apparently discovered in the tomb of Tutankhamun, which is kind of weird like in a taco or just yeah 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 just in some salsa okay um and of course you might know coriander from being in your tacos using it in salsa in falafels or maybe use the seeds in a curry Mm -hmm. or maybe you really really hate coriander in all of its forms Mm. well this show will cater to you as well yeah we will we will touch on on the the abject hatred Mm. of coriander as well so this week we're talking about coriander, obviously. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. I thought we were doing tamarind again. No? Coriander. Never. Never, never again. So we alluded to it earlier on that not everybody loves coriander. In fact, a whole bunch of people hate coriander to the point where the Oxford Companion to Food notes that the word coriander is said to derive from the Greek, Greek word for bed bug that the coriander aroma has been compared with the smell of bug-infested bedclothes and that Europeans often have difficulty in overcoming their initial aversion to this smell, which sounds kind of extreme. Also extreme is the fact that the I Hate Cilantro Facebook group is registered as a political party and it has over 20,000 members. Um, So there's a whole bunch of people out there who hate coriander with a passion and there's a reason for it, and um, it's genetic, basically. So geneticists at 23andMe, which is one of those kind of genetic mapping companies in California, um, did a study uh, of about 25,000 people, asked them whether they liked coriander or think it smells soapy. Uh, And when they searched the people's DNA for regions that correlate with a distaste for the herb, a single spot jumped out, and it sits right next to a cluster of odour-detecting genes 
including one that's known to specifically recognize the, the soapy aromas in coriander's bouquet. So scientists were able to pin down most coriander haters as people with a shared group of olfactory receptor genes called OR6A2. And this is from an article in the New York Times, so you know it's trustworthy, right? Um, that pick up on the smell of aldehyde chemicals. Aldehyde chemicals are found in both coriander and soap. Um, so this genetic irregularity exists in, well, it says between 4 and 14% of the population, which is... It's pretty high. Well, I expected it to be lower than that. Well, yeah, I mean, but is it 4 or 14? Either way, there's okay. there's a lot of people that have it. But they're just numbers and they're just genes, OR6A2. What does that actually mean? I wanted to speak to somebody who actually suffers from this genetic affliction. So um, I did a little bit, bit of uh, homework during the week. I'm just going to play a, a little conversation that, that I had with a coriander hater. Yeah, thanks for having me. Can I just ask you a few questions about coriander before? Sure. Um, so when did you realise that you hated coriander? Um, the, the exact moment. Mm. I remember I got a chicken tandoori roll. And I was shocked by the taste that smacked me in my face. And that was about... I reckon I can pinpoint it. I don't know if it happens over time or whether coriander got more popular. But it was like 2006. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Did you like? Did you try and take the roll back? Like, did you, did it, did it I thought like something it? was wrong with it, yeah. yeah. I stopped eating it. So it, was, okay. it was horrible. I remember it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, look, I've got some coriander here. Um, it's quite a bit of it. Mm-hmm. How does it make you feel when you see this much coriander? And nervous. Okay. Um, That's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of coriander. It's probably more than I need. Um, would it be alright if you eat a little bit? Show me. Like, does it kind of? I mean, you, you you pick off a bit that looks. How much should I have? Oh, but just a few leaves. A few, anything that, where you're going to get the flavour. It's that foreign to me. Okay. When was the last time you ate it? Does it sometimes sneak into your food? And you... uh, yeah. So on the weekend, one of my friends put it in a meal. Mm. And I realised... Too late. Okay, and I'm eating coriander. What does it taste like? It's just like a weird... A lot of people say soap, but I just get like... It's like someone slipped some weird chemical into my food. So it's... It's a chemical. It, 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 it's it's really artificially chemically taste. Yeah. Not pleasant. <laughs> You're making a face like I've just tortured you, <laughs> and I kind of have. Um, and then, like when you breathe, you can still taste it. Although it really <laughs> you could have a bigger water. Have a bigger water. Sorry, I should have brought you some gum. Um, are there any other foods that do that to you? No. So it's not a taste that's anywhere else. No. And it just, when you have coriander, you feel Yeah, like but it's in it. everything. That's the worst part. And people, everyone loves it, so they slide it into every dish they can. But yeah, I've, it's really bad. I've um, I've cooked coriander for you before. I don't know if you remember. We, 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 had, we had brunch at my place. Oh, that's right. I made quesadillas, and I think it had, cori- it had coriander inside it. Because mm-hmm. I pre-made it. I think <laughs> I was really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to wow your guests. Yeah. Um, but I... So I didn't realise that there was actually a genetic predisposition for not liking coriander. So do you, um, do you know much about that? Have you done much reading? Not really. I just... I've joined some Facebook groups, you know. Yes. <laughs> a support network for myself. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I haven't really looked into it a great deal. I just know I don't like it. And when it comes up, it... Yeah. It's horrible. Well, um, I thank you for subjecting yourself to the coriander test today. I can... By the look on your face, you definitely have the gene. Thank you. And uh, I appreciate appreciate Mm. your time. So that was... That was putting a, a face to the gene. Poor Adam. Uh, that was uh, Adam Hanksberger. <laughs> he, he plays guitar in a, a great band called Them Swoops. Um, if you do go and see Them Swoops play, don't throw coriander on stage because he has the OR6A2 gene and I pretty much poisoned him. Well, it sounds like 4 to 14% of the population, 4 to 14% was it, mm-hmm. don't like, have this coriander-hating gene. Um, and generally I am a bit of a hater. Like I hate a lot of things. People chewing in close proximity to me. Yeah. The MASH theme song. Um, <laughs> dolphins, small talk, savory uh, shapes. Sure. But um, weirdly, I don't hate coriander. Oh. Um, and there are, there's so much coriander hate on the internet. You mentioned the um, I Hate Cilantro Facebook page yep. before. So Ad- Adam is a member of that. <laughs> good to know. So I'm about to dive a little deeper into this internet hate for coriander. So when you t- go onto Google and you type in why does coriander... It auto-completes with, tastes like soap, tastes horrible, <laughs> make me sick, tastes like dirt. And pretty much all the results um, link to a rep- website called I Hate Cilantro, which um, is a pretty <laughs> minimal website, but the intro really sticks out. So it says, cilantro, the most offensive food known to man. Welcome. You are visiting the website of a growing community of cilantro haters. We are, however, rational people. In fact, we're the most rational people on earth. No normally functioning human would ever in a lifetime consider cilantro edible. It's the reason you are here. Please browse the site in support of your anti-cilantro confederates and help spread the word any way you can. Cilantro, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you can leave comments on the site. And um, everyone's avatar is a cartoon bunch of cilantro with a big red cross through it. And one of my favourite parts of the site is the tastes like column. So people write in and say what coriander tastes like to them. Um, and some of the comments are an elevator full of baby wipes, <laughs> stamp glue, minty cheese, multi carpet, wet hair with cheap shampoo lathered in. And my favourite one is putting your tongue on a 9-volt battery. <laughs> um, and my other favourite part of the website is the haiku section. I've picked out – there are lots of haikus in there that aren't haikus, but I've picked out my favourite one that, um, you know, goes by the rules. Mm -hmm. So it says, Mexican devil, this green weed that tastes like shit, I've removed my tongue. (laughs) So that's by Scott Hoo-ha. So if you like Scott and you hate coriander, there's a movement that's actually happening in Australia as we speak. There's a change.org petition petitioning the government to ban the sale of coriander. Although um, it seems like they don't actually need to because no stores in Melbourne stock it anyway at the moment. There was none at the Coburg Woolworths today. Mm, There was none in Collingwood yesterday. And then there was – I got got, um, really screwed over by a fruit shop. I I said, oh, do you have coriander? And he's like, yeah. Oh, no. And then that made me confused. And then Mm. I looked at the thing and I'm like, oh, no, wait, that's parsley. And he's like, yeah, it's parsley. I'm like, is it parsley? And I picked up and smelled it. And Mm. then I can't smell under pressure. And I'm like, (laughs) you smell it, you smell it. And I was putting it in his face. And he's like, yeah, it's coriander, it's coriander. I'm like, okay, it's coriander. And then I bought it and it wasn't coriander. Um, Well, that's, I mean, 
he, he I didn't know till I got home. Done his, this was a fruit shop. Mm. He hasn't done his duty he as was, a. I as didn't a, know if he, who he was laughing at as me. As a fruiterer. Maybe it was a joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, there was one bunch at a place in Richmond, so I was lucky. Um, so the change.org petition, they're aiming for 2,500 signatures and they're about 400 and something away from reaching their goal. But I feel like maybe I should stop talking about it because I really still want to be able to buy coriander yeah. because I can't grow it. It's really hard to grow. It is. It dies really, really quickly. Emily, you're familiar with the drink gin? Yep. Good. Uh, it was. Uh, it's a distilled malt liquor flavoured with juniper, juniper berries that has been around since about the 17th century. Um, but did you know, you, you did, but um, let, let's just go with it, that uh, coriander is the second most common botanical, just behind juniper, juniper berries, in gin. Yeah, I was really surprised by that. Mm. I wouldn't think that coriander is in gin at all. I mean, I remember seeing, like, if you drink Bombay Sapphire, they've got, like, a list of all their sort of botanicals on the side, and and, and uh, coriander seed is one of them. Um, so, yeah, a gin that has an easily discernible coriander seed note is uh, Tonkare London Dry. Um, Bombay Sapphire has it as well. Um, f- and uh, this is from uh, a website called... I'm going to completely forget what it's called. Uh, it's called... Gin Foundry, and they've done a heap of, um, uh, they basically break down every botanical that's found in gin. And so talking about um, coriander, they say, uh, for all those who think there's a citrus twang to gin, it is in fact all down to the predominance of coriander seed. There's no citrus botanicals in Tonkaray, for example. Uh, the gin with the most varieties of coriander in all its leaf and seed forms is Dr. J's Gin from Cambridge in England. They use seven types of coriander to create the gin. Um, on a molecular level, nearly 70% of coriander seed oil is a single alcohol called linalool, which is a cool name. Uh, and the second major component is alpha-pinene, which is a key ingredient in juniper, juniper. So that's why they kind of match so well. So it's basically coriander was made for gin and vice versa. Um, so while coriander seed uh, and sometimes leaf is in most gins, um, for some people that isn't enough. And if you look on the internet, there are lots and lots and lots of uh, uh, recipes for gin drinks, and uh, I've made one. I've, I've made um, Emily. You have it in front of you in a <laughs> martini glass. Uh, I, I present the gin gimlet. So a gimlet's a gin-based cocktail. Normally, it's gin and lime and simple syrup. But um, what I've done is uh, I've created coriander-infused gin, um, and and you described it as looking mm. a lot like mint sauce. It really does. It has that um, or algae. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It looked really nice and bright green when I first made it this morning, but then sitting in the fridge today, it's kind of gone a darker green. It tastes really nice. But basically, I got uh, a handful of coriander, the handful that um, Adam from Them Swoops didn't eat, and I muddled that in with some gin and then let it kind of st- uh, steep for probably about 10 minutes um, until it started to take on that green f- flavor. And then I just poured it back in the gin bottle. I just used Gordon's because. I had some Bombay, uh, no, I had some Hendrix, but I didn't want to waste it uh, in case this <laughs> didn't taste very good. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of created this uh, coriander-infused gin, and then I made a simple syrup. But in this case, because I wanted to really over-coriander this thing, I uh, included, um, so it was a, a cup of sugar, two cups of water, and then coriander root, 
and then a bunch of like crushed coriander seeds. Right. And I just let that simmer for probably about 10 minutes and then I let it I let it sort of steep. I don't know if you can really taste the coriander seed in the in the simple syrup, but um, and then yeah, hot, there's a whole bunch of lime, and then you garnish it if, with fresh coriander if you can find it, uh, which I couldn't today. <laughs> so you've got some slightly wilted coriander on yours, M. But that is the coriander gin gimlet, and uh, I kind of like it. Yeah, it tastes really good. Do you do you know if Adam can drink gin? Um, <laughs> I'm, I don't know, like. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll 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 try and slip him mm. an accidental coriander drink and see how it goes. Because I know he likes beer. This but, is true. Um, there are actually also some beers that are that have coriander in them. So mm. I wondered, I wonder if it like extends that far. Okay. Anyway, um, the kind of beers that mostly have coriander in them are the um, Belgian style wheat beers, mm-hmm. and some, because sometimes they swap out the um, hops for other herbs and plants. Um, and it's actually not the leaves in the beer; it's the um, seeds, mm-hmm. which are um, when they're crushed, they release a citrus flavour, which can be desirable to some beer drinkers. Um, and I kind of like beer with citrus in it. Um, the best beer I've ever had was the Mountain Goat Yuzu Saison, which mm. has the um, kind of, I think it's like an East Asian citrus fruit um, in it. But anyway, it didn't have coriander in it. But when beers are brewed with coriander in it, they typically add orange peel to enhance the citrus character. Mm. Um, and apparently when you're brewing a beer, a good measurement of coriander is 24 grams for a 25-litre boil. And you're supposed to crush them up just before you throw them in. So the flavor is really, really fresh. And I've been on some like brewing forums. And apparently when you add too much coriander to the beer, it tastes like ham and celery soup, which is <laughs> tastes, which like sounds actually good, but I guess not, not in, in the context of a beer. Yeah. Not refreshing. Okay. Um, but anyway, let's see if we can taste the coriander in this okay. Belgian style wheat beer. We probably should need a palate cleanser in between our <laughs> coriander gin gimlets. All right, let's taste this. Bit warm. It's been in the car. Yeah. I feel like I can taste the citrus, but not the coriander specifically. But I, I guess the citrus part is. I mean, the coriander part is the citrus. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can taste it. I mean, but I've probably drunk so much Ho Garden in my life that I can just taste Ho Garden. Yeah. Um, another another good tip with with Ho Garden and and wheat beers that have coriander in them is um a really easy way to do mussels is to get uh, a bunch of coriander seeds, some shallots, fry them up, pour in some hoe garden and uh, a handful of uh, fresh coriander and some orange peel and just mix that all up and let the mussels kind of open and steam. So in that why juice. didn't you do that? Um, Is that your round three? Oh, good. I can't wait. <laughs> I made you, you... You were doing beer. <laughs> yeah, I know. God. Been talking a lot about coriander drinks. Mm. Let's just let's stay with coriander Drinking drinks. Lots of coriander drinks. Uh, because for the people who love the taste of coriander, the, uh, the who aren't the four to fourteen percent who have the uh, crazy gene, uh, there seems to be no end of foods that can have coriander inserted into them or it. Uh, so in my research this week, I found coriander ice cream. Really, coriander lollies. Uh, coriander soup, which not that surprising, mm. and coriander tea. 
a company called Numi's Organic make a range of vegetable teas, including broccoli and cilantro. It's an American-based company. Uh, according to Numi's, uh, this is this is sort of like the the cell that they've got on the website. As pungent aromas lure you into this abundant garden, the hearty <laughs> flavors of broccoli, celery leaves, and cilantro capture your palate. Turmeric and decaf green tea deliver a peppery roundness. Come home and relax to a cup of broccoli cilantro's sweet lingering taste. <laughs> Which I guess sounds appealing enough, apart from the word pungent. I probably wouldn't have led with that mm. as a copywriter. Or put broccoli first. I feel like you should. Yeah, or put broccoli in it, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so I mean, Numi's are going going hard on their on their broccoli and cilantro tea. Let's see how the internet's reacted, um, <laughs> because I love internet reviews of anything. Um, so I'm just going to go through a, a couple of reviews on the Amazon page. I don't recommend buying this product if you're looking to drop some weight. You won't actually lose <laughs> weight because you'll need a snack to get the rancid taste out of your mouth. <laughs> Next one. There are no words for some of these combinations. No words. <laughs> uh, that one goes on, but I think I kind of like leaving it there. Oh, actually, it does say, um, save your mouth, eat dirt or drink liquid soap instead of tea. So that sounds like possibly somebody who has the gene, um, which, it's, hey, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Uh, this was and is the worst tea I've ever tried, uh, is another uh, response. And the final one result disaster every bit as bad as it sounds i got gassy just smelling it i will try using them to flavor some wild rice or something if it does if that doesn't work i'm setting the box on fire that's pretty innovative using it to flavor yeah there's a lot of people saying i'll try it as a soup stock but i'm not drinking this um so even for people for whom coriander doesn't taste like rotting flesh covered in soap uh coriander isn't always a winner in fact sometimes dirt is a preferable option so, you listed lots lots of vegetables in that tea. Onto another vegetable. Mm-hmm. What do you think of when I say dizzy corn? Uh, the uh, second drummer from no, the keyboard player from Guns N' Roses. Oh, that's a good guess. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> it's not that. Um, when I think of dizzy corn, it make, kind of makes me think of like it's a farmer ride at the Royal Melbourne Show, yes. where instead of like the teacups, you spin around on corn. But both our answers are wrong. Um, it's something far more sinister. Dizzy corn is actually narcotic coriander. According to the go, Irish... Go on. Yes. Because we've drunk a lot of gimlets, a lot of coriander gimlets. Is that, um, is that why I feel like I do? According to um, the Irish Times, coriander is also referred to as dizzy corn because when you inhale the aroma of the freshly crushed seed... It can cause dizziness. Ah. Apparently it got the name after watching um, grazing animals that strayed into patches of coriander. Um, it doesn't go on to say what happened, but I'm guessing that they were falling over after they like sniffed it or ate it or yeah. something. Um, and so to quote the Irish Times, they said, for it is indeed narcotic if eaten in large qualities quantities. So I got confused because um, initially they said it's inhaling the aroma. Yeah. So I think that's what I did. Um, I can't wait. Wait. Did you did you try this at home? I tried it at home. Holy. But uh, the thing I want to stress is that you don't have to inhale the actual crushed seeds. It's just like smelling something. Okay. 
It's it's okay, smelling it, a crushed spice. You, you weren't doing a line of coriander. <laughs> no, no. Right. I thought that's what you had to do initially, and then I reread it. I'm like, surely that's <laughs> wrong. Um, so I got the mortar and pestle, crushed up the coriander seeds, um, lifted up the mortar and pestle, and smelt it. Mm-hmm. And it smells really, really good. Obviously, like really citrusy and really fresh, but. Um, did it a few times for probably about 10 minutes and no dizziness to speak of. Um, I think probably the closest I got to dizziness was like over inhaling, yep. <laughs> like hyperventilating. hyperventilating. <laughs> um, the other danger to watch out for, for anyone who would want to try this at home, is exhaling too hard into the crushed seeds and it blowing up into your eye. Yep. So you get very coriander eye. Um, so, yeah, that was my little foray into narcotic coriander. <laughs> I wanted to um, believe in dizzy corn. I really did. But I guess maybe you have to smell it in excessive quantities or be an animal, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Why don't we recap the the, uh, the facts that we went to tonight, Emily? What did, yeah, what, cool. what did I start with? You started with the gene. I did. And I, then I talked about the haters. The uh, possessors of the gene. Mm. Uh, and then I made coriander gin gimlets. Mm, and I talked about coriander in beer. Uh, and then I talked about broccoli and cilantro tea. And I dabbled in dizzy corn. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been kind of a boozy narcotic uh, episode, this one. Uh, if you do want to uh, choose whose facts you thought were more interesting uh, or most interesting, uh, you can vote for us right now on uh, Instagram. Uh, our account is at Ingridopedia. Uh, yeah, there's two, two pictures up there and you, you just double tap on the one that you thought was most interesting. Um, you can also uh, subscribe to this as a podcast if you uh, go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, it's called Ingredipedia, or you go to ingredipedia.com.au. Um, there's a heap more information there. Tune in next week and you might hear about rhubarb. I think that's the ingredient we're doing then. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I, I don't know about this pressure. Oh, God. Oh, God.